love. Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello, wonderful ladies. Welcome to episode 31. I hope you're all doing good in lockdown and homeschooling and all that kind of stuff and making the most of it as much as we can. Now, today's episode is a really good one because we are talking to Sarah J. Cross, who is a wholesale growth strategist. And I'm particularly excited about this one because wholesale is essentially adding an additional revenue stream to your direct-to-consumer online store or product-based business. So if you haven't yet dipped your toe into the wholesale world, this is a fantastic episode for you. Or if you have and you're still a little bit reluctant or you're not quite sure how to approach it, we've got you covered today. So we are going to cover what you need to have in place before you can successfully sell wholesale and how to easily implement wholesaling to scale sales offline and essentially learn ways to increase revenue streams in your product business. So I can't wait to chat to Sarah. She is so lovely and we definitely align on our audience, but also our values, which is really, really important in this online business where it is very easy to, let's say, be misguided by someone out there that you don't know. So Sarah is a really fantastic lady and I am really excited to bring her to you today. And the other thing I wanted to chat to you about is Q4. So that's October, November, December, which is fast approaching. And it is the biggest online shopping season of the year by far. And we saw a huge uh, spike in online shopping last year in Q4. And no doubt we are going to see an insane growth spike again. And I want you to be a part of that. I want you to have a piece of that cake So I am partnering up with my lovely friend, Chris Daria, who is a Klaviyo email marketing expert. And we are going to offer you a three-part workshop, which is focusing on how to plan for Q4. We are going to take you through your promotional strategy, your marketing plan to promote that strategy, and also the email marketing plan that you can put in place so you can earn more money while doing less marketing. So that is happening in September, the second week of September, and you can go to my website and add your name to the wait list and the early bird offer is out this week. And if you purchase your ticket before the end of this week, you will get some wonderful bonuses, really, really good bonuses. So go check it out on my website or the link in my Instagram bio. It's called Cruise Into Q4. So without further ado, let's get into my lovely chat with Sarah J. Cross. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Lisa, for having me. Yay. This has been a long time coming. We've both um, kind of chit-chatted over 
Instagram or Facebook. We both go in the same circles. We serve the same people and it's really nice to come together and get to know each other a little bit more and help everybody while we're doing it. Absolutely. I mean, we're both, you know, coaches in the product-based business space and it's so fabulous to meet someone else who's really passionate about helping women follow their dreams and build their dream business and not have to return back to corporate jobs. You know, they're able to, you know, work around family and have flexibility and freedom. Yes. um, Yeah, it's really great to have someone like you who's, you know, on the e-com side of things and I'm obviously on the other side of things with the offline sales, so it's really great that we've connected. Yeah, it's a perfect balance. And for people that are listening, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more? Okay, so I'm Sarah J. Cross, as my website is, and I'm a Melbourne-based business coach and wholesale strategist. I'm a mum of two teenage boys and uh, married to a very lovely man. And we've done a sea change this year. We've moved out of Melbourne. We questioned ourselves at the end of last year, living in the city, if we were living our best life, and we decided we weren't. (laughs) So we've decided to move down and we now have a a lovely property near the beach and um, it's been really fabulous. So my background is I built my own successful multi-million dollar business in corporate gifting in my 20s. And after 10 years, I sold that business for half a million dollars. And then I uh, had my second child and I went through a divorce and then I have been in the coaching service space now for the last five years. So I work with women who are usually two to three years established in their product business, who are wanting to add in another revenue stream, another layer of revenue, that being wholesale. So I help them to grow million-dollar businesses, selling both domestically and internationally. And I help in all sorts of ways with strategy, with their marketing system for wholesaling, targeting, pricing, importing, anything to do with expansion, even product development and packaging. Mm. I love it all. It's all kind of my, I'm very niche um, Mm. and I do really love that space. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I know, I think I've worked with a couple of your clients as well. So it's great that we can, you know, you help them with wholesaling thing and I can work, work, help them with the marketing side of thing. And, you know, I don't know about you, but like our our space is small, but I'm I do believe you know a rising tide lifts all boats. Like if we can tap into each other's audience and you know rather than seeing each other as competition, you know it can only help the people out there and it can only help us as well. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think there's enough of the cake to go around for everyone. And if you've got that abundance mindset and your your passion is about supporting and helping other women to yeah. have this in their business I think that's what it's all about totally agree and like you say I I don't know too much about the abundance kind of or manifest inside I think but I know enough that yeah you have a positive mindset and you start out with the intention of helping people things can only be positive for you exactly and I think product business owners can look at it in the same way like I think a lot of the time I hear oh I don't want to spam my email list or I don't want to And I guess you would probably hear, I don't want to approach people directly. I'm too nervous. Uh, But if you look at it from the point of view, like I'm this conversation that I'm going to have over Instagram or in real life or an email is going to help someone. 
help someone find my products that are out there that got a problem and this product's going to help them. So it's not selling, it's actually helping. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what people feel that they're fearful of rejection when you are so close to your business. And I think you probably would agree that's when the best time is, is to engage a coach, a, a sounding board and a third party that's not you know, your family members or your partner who's giving you advice that you don't necessarily need because they're not actually business operators or experienced in business and they're telling you what you want to hear. And I Mm. think it's always good to have an objective point of view from someone outside the business, someone who's not, you know, emotionally attached and someone who can actually give you really, really good strategic feedback as to what to do in your business. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it has to be a bit of a good kick up the bum and other times it can be gently, gently, softly, softly. But if you, you know, stay in that safe place for too long, things become stagnant and you have to take those leaps. And yeah, like we said before, we spoke, put on your big girl pants, pick up the phone, send the email, pop into that store, you know, whatever it is that you're sitting on and just have a conversation. I am still so surprised how many people you know, nervous and and apprehensive about promoting their products. Do you get that a lot as well? Yeah, I am really sort of of the old school of building relationships because people do business with people. Yeah. And I think building that know, like and trust, which is really the basis of my signature system, wholesale sales system, is building that know, like and trust and getting people to bring awareness. It's about bringing awareness to your brand Mm. And it's not so much like proposing on the first date. It's about warming people up, getting them familiar with your brand, getting them to follow you back, for instance, on Instagram, and then taking it in an offline relationship as you would do if you were meeting someone face to face. You know, it's got so much more, that in-person experience has got so much more power behind in building relationships. And that was my background with my former business, because when I started that, Facebook wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn wasn't available. So for me on a very, you know, bootstrapping my business, I started it in my two bedroom unit. I had to hustle and build relationships with people quickly in order to actually get repeat orders and build that cash flow and consistency. And it was, it really came down to relationships in the business that because it was so highly seasonal being gift hampers, I had to build relationships really rapidly so that I could survive those other 11 months of the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And and I'm all about that as well. I had a business coach very early on in the start of my career, my career, my um, yeah, time as a coach. She taught me how to build client base just through conversations, like literally phone calls, not like cold calling, but the art of having a conversation. And selling and promoting your business is exactly the same thing. It's just conversations with, you know, one-to-one or one-to-many. And like you say, it's very hard for a potential like boutique or store owner, whoever it is that may be stocking your products, to turn you down in, you know, in a not-so-nice way or to like kind of brush you off if they've had this lovely conversation with you. Just chit-chat, you know, it doesn't have to be deep and meaningful. No, but it is about a connection. It is about, you know, bringing brand awareness to your business. And it's not a sales, sales icky process. It's if you're not making offers, you're not making sales. 
if you're not marketing effectively, then that's a, you know, that will reflect in your sales as well. Yeah. And I bet you've seen this a lot with your clients, like one conversation or one DM, what that has then led to. Like if you oh, didn't have that phone call, if huge, you, yeah. Huge, huge. Because if it's not you, it's going to be your competitor. Uh-huh, yeah. And I always sort of say to clients, if they're fearful of rejection, a lot of them have a lot of mental blocks about making the phone call. And we do a lot of nurturing online and offline before we reach that stage. And I've sort of said to them, if they say no, it doesn't mean never. It just means not now. Not now. And, mm-hmm. you know, pop them on your, on your, ask for permission to pop them on your subscriber list and touch base with them in three months, you might have a new product that comes out that they just absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And so you can always revisit it once you've established and broken the ice. Yeah. Then you can always revisit it. And I think women sort of tend to sort of set themselves up to think that other people are thinking they're getting annoyed or um, they don't want to be sold to, but that's in their own head. Head. Yeah, And as a, as a busy store owner, if you were a sort of an independent boutique, you own three or five stores, if someone was reaching out and showing you something that you thought would fit and be fabulous in your store, you'd love it because it mm. means that you don't have to go out hunting for it. Exactly, yes. And, yeah, it's similar, you know, if you're pitching a PR story or, you know, getting in contact with the, the, your local radio station. People are looking for stories and content and new things. If you bring them something that aligns with them, that fits their little boxes that they have in their mind, you know, everybody wins. Yeah, exactly. The win-win for everyone. Yeah. So what is the potential of going wholesale and what do businesses, if they haven't yet thought about it, what would they need? What makes a good business to wholesale? I guess. You know, well, I'll start off like in terms of assessing whether you're suitable for running a wholesale business. I like to start with working with someone who is already established. They've got some product validation. They've been having some good, solid, regular orders online. So you know that there's a demand for the product and that people are repeat customers. You know, they're coming back and they're, you know, buying again and and they're really loving your brand. I think people need to look at, their margins in terms of if they are a handmade business, do they actually have the margins to offer a wholesale pricing? So we generally work on the formula for wholesaling is is that the stockists will want to add on their 50%. So -hmm. we're generally looking at between 40 to 50% off the retail price, which will, will bring you to your wholesale price point. So when you're looking at cost of goods, and if you're a handmade business, you need to look at if you've not only factored in just the cost of your goods to make it, let's say it's a candle company, mm-hmm. you know, the vessel and the soy and the wick and the fragrance, you also need to factor in your fixed costs. So what is it costing you to put that together for your labour and your handling? And that's one of the biggest things when I start working with a client that they generally have overlooked, Mm-hmm. They've gone from maybe setting up their business, having some good sales. They've been doing some really good markets. You know, they might be at Finders Keepers or Handmade Canberra. They might be getting really good feedback and having success there, but they've never actually really looked at how profitable their business is. And so in order to be scalable, you need to be able to produce the product in volume because that's what wholesale is. It's working with one, one to many 
which is what I love because I did that in my former corporate business, working with one client and supplying in large volume. And I think people have to be able to have the ability to produce their product in volume. So if you're importing, that's a different story because obviously you're not making it yourself. It is all about the fulfillment. If you're going to set yourself up and look, how do, is it viable for you to be able to sell your product and fulfill those large scale orders? If you've got an order for a thousand units, mm-hmm. would, that, would that send you into an absolute panic? Or could you actually look at either outsourcing and contract manufacturing, having someone pour the candles for you or assemble certain parts Yeah, just to minimise being on the tool? Yeah. And going back to the pricing thing, like, are you going to make any money? You know, taking in your time, taking in the shipping, everything. So getting clear on, on your costs and your profit margin. And that could be a whole episode in itself, that yeah. money, money oh, yeah. mindset. And yes, money mindset is a really, really big one about underpricing. Yes. And underpricing happens because generally who I work with, creative women who are highly highly skilled, um, incredibly talented women, they just simply have put a price out there without actually factoring in what it's actually really costing them to put that together. Is there, they might be able to sell at a retail price point, but couldn't they, can they actually sell in volume at wholesale price point? But what I really love if, you know, if you're looking at getting into the wholesaling market and you think, yes, I can scale, my pricing's great, my margins are great. I think what I love about it is that it's predictable cash flow. It's recurring monthly cash flow Mm. for restocking and it's scalable, provided that you know how to target the right stores, the right stockers. And I think that's a formula in itself. But I love the fact that reduces your cost of goods. So the more volume you're doing, your cost of goods go down. So that makes you more profitable. And also it gives you greater buying power as well when you're actually then going back to your suppliers and saying, I need X amount, what price can you give me? Yes. And it, it, I find that women business owners reach a certain point where they're like, okay, well, I can't grow any further because I can't afford to buy more product. So it's potentially a way around that. So it's getting your um, minimum order quantity better. So yeah, more profit. More profit and more continuity. I think cash is king and cash flow is is like the lifeblood of any business. And people overlook that. They think, oh, I only want to sell at retail price because I'll make more. But the thing is, you can make more by reducing your costs and selling more and getting more brand awareness because then all of a sudden you're being stocked in lots of stores. People are seeing your brand. They're getting excited. They're going online. They're ordering again, maybe in the future online. So you're getting a retail sale, but you're also getting it out there. People are seeing. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's like permanent advertising, free advertising sitting on a shelf. And like you say, people will see it once in one boutique. They might may go into the next town or go on holidays and see it again. And it's just another seed being planted. And it all, you know, it all makes a difference for a small business to get those runs on the board. And yeah, I mean, we're a good example, I guess we could talk about Danny, Danny from Mirabu, because we've both worked with her. You helped her with her wholesale last year, was it? Yes. Uh, yes, it was over 12 months ago. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. had incredible growth and success. She's been so, she's built such a solid business. And yeah. 
it's a family regional business and they've got a beautiful story and they've got a great approach to the business. There's lots of funny dancing um, yeah. <laughs> videos I've been watching. And when we first got started, Danny did not want to get in front of the video. Yeah. But she just got her out of her own way, basically. Yeah. She she had to do it because her mum is the candle pourer and her mum's not going to be the one. Her mum now does the dancing, making yeah. the candle, pouring the candles. But her mum wasn't going to be that person who's going to be the front face of the business. Yeah, embracing but, it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So she's got now over 195 stockers. And when we started, she was, I think she had about around about four or five. She had five stockers. And yeah, she has done exceptionally well and scaled up and built her dream big studio shed because they used to pour the first Christmas when things really took off on her mum's kitchen table. Yeah. They were using the, the family kitchen and, and they were losing stock because things were buried under the table. And they had, it was a whole family operation where everyone was pitching in and her dad was the courier driver. Mm. And it just go, I love stories like Danny's because it gives women permission to, you know, keep going. It gives them a pep in their step because she was telling me that one year her accountant it was even saying to her, look, just just pack in the business. It's not going anywhere, you know. And she didn't take no for an answer. And it's not like candles are, are hard to make a footprint, but she's gone from no, well, very small wholesalers to 195. And now with, you know, improving her online marketing, she's going to grow even more. So yeah, if you're absolutely. at the start, even if you've got a popular product, that you think, oh, there's no more room for me. You yeah. just never know. It's how you package yeah. it and how you pitch it which is something I'd love to talk to you about. Yeah, and I think the packaging and the pitch was sort of something that we did initially have a little bit of a setback when we first started together because Danny's targeting was too broad and you always have greater success the more niche you are, even though people Absolutely. think it's going to be a smaller you know, pond to fish in. It's actually if you can nail your marketing, which we were able to do with some collaborations that she did with some with some ind Indigenous artists. So having the packaging right and also changing the actual fragrance that she had because she did get some feedback that it wasn't native, some of the fragrances. And some people are very mm -hmm. much about if they're going to buy something that is an Australiana product, handmade mm -hmm. in Australia, they want local, they want Australian fragrance, botanicals in there. Yeah, fair enough. We changed everything and made sure that it was purely very, you know, straight up and down Australian botanical uh, collection in collaboration with an Australian designer. And the targeting initially was obviously homeware stores and gift stores. And Danny actually got a few pushbacks from people that were already stocking let's say, you know, the, the top sort of three candle brands that are more of the mass-produced imported mm -hmm. products. And I said to her, you need to find an alignment with stores that value Australian-made businesses rather mm -hmm. than stores that are already basically selling really big names that you'd find in department stores and chemists and things like yeah. that. Yeah, boring um, ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I think what she did was 
you know, really then change her, her focus on who she was targeting, which was really fabulous. And then there was an, an, a certain click, like an alignment when that happened. And all of a sudden her stock, is, it just took off and it just has not stopped. It's just mm-hmm. been phenomenal. Plus she got featured in Buy From The Bush and there was a real connection with her brand story of being a family country bush business. Mm-hmm. People yeah. love they love the journey Absolutely. and they love watching her. She'll be in a cup of tea in a dressing gown yeah. you know, with the kids and she's talking about what they're working on next. People yeah. then feel involved and connected Yeah, and they watch the journey and then they buy. And who knew during COVID everyone needed a candles during lockdown? Yeah, and sharing your story, showing up as you are, like, yeah, it, it's okay. You can do that and people want to see it and I love that. The wholesale strategy is very similar to your direct-to-consumer strategy. Share your story, find your niche. Sometimes I speak to brands and they, you know, you dig a little deeper and that you tell me about their story. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't see that anywhere on your website. I can't see it in your Instagram profile. You are not telling this incredibly unique thing about you and that is actually your point of difference. That's what people want to know and want to see. They do. They want to see behind the scenes. They want to see that not everything's always really pretty and they also want to know. I think it's about, again, a connection. If it's not an in-person connection, it's an online connection that you're building. So people want to follow that story and they want to see your success and they want to be part of it. They so do. they will come back over and over and be loyal and repeat by and tell yeah. their friends about it as well. Yeah, it's the... I think small business owners, because they're working on their own a lot of the time and they've got that, they haven't got the mindset right that, like, I'm just this little business, nobody cares about me, nobody will want to support me. It's actually the opposite. You know, other small businesses and growing businesses want to help you and rally behind you. And I find, like, myself, even when I don't need a product, if I like that brand and that person, I'll, I'll just go and buy from them. There's something I new. Do too. I'll be like, yeah. oh, that's cool. I want to show them that I love them. And <laughs> I do that too. Like I always like any new client that I, you know, work with, I'll always support them by going and doing an online order. And I Yeah, me feel, too. They feel kind of, you know, like quite chuffed that, you know, and quite surprised like they're like, oh, they've seen my name pop up and, you know, and I want to sort of see what the experience is like with your, their sort of packaging journey, you know, like of it arriving and that sort of nice experience and I can give them feedback and reviews and things like that on their products. Yes, I'm exactly the same. And I had a client that sells compression leggings and pants because I've never really worn them before, like, you know, the sort of sucky in pants sort of thing. I wore them and now I wear them every day and I can put myself in the consumer's mind. So experiencing the product to be able to help someone market them is very important. So, yeah, we like freebies and I also like buying. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the same. It's funny because whenever I go to a restaurant, if I'm sort of torn, it's amazing how many times I'll ask the staff, have you tried this or what are your thoughts? And they go, no, I haven't had it. Yeah, that's so annoying, isn't it? You're selling it. You could at least least have a taste. You don't have to have the whole plate, but surely your boss could, you know, cook a couple of plates and get the staff to taste it and then they can rave about it to sell the dishes to customers who are asking, like, have you tasted it? Yes. Well, personal recommendation, it's a big one and that's what I say to my clients too. You are your best 
seller. You know, your your best marketing tool. You know it. You've experienced it. You've had the pain, and you've created the solution. You know the words. You know what your customers say. Get out there and sell it. You know, selling is really important. And the more I think about it, and I know this, but it does come down to mindset and getting over yourself, which is not a nice way to say it. Getting out of your own way, um, embracing that the we're here to sell. You know. You've, yep. you've come this far, you've produced it, you've created it, you've, you've got all that courage and, and expense and you've done it. Now it's time to do it again and you know, take that next step. And I think it's a matter of confidence building once people get yeah. out their own way and they realise that it's enhancing or it's helping people's lives with their product, then they do start to get momentum. And I've coached a number of people who I would say at the start, I'd be sort of a bit concerned thinking they're very introverted. How's this going to work when I'm going to be pushing them to? But I think with the right approach, it's not sort of, I don't promote cold calling or, or spamming people in order to get into stores. And I think that's where a lot of people go down the wrong rabbit hole and, you know, they'll do like a blanket email and then they sort of wonder why they haven't got any response, you know, from probably sending something to an inbox that's got, you know, that's very full. Yeah. So nobody's looking at no cut through. Yeah. Um, So there is, there is systems that work that you, doesn't matter if you're introverted or extroverted or how connected you are to your product or how emotional you feel or how worried you are about rejection. The system that you can follow will work for anyone. Mm. It works in Australia and it works. I've coached women in the States and in Canada and New Zealand and all over. So it's so exciting. I think it's a matter of, like you said, for people, for women to just basically, yeah, you got to finish the whole loop, don't you? You can't just go into business. And I do sometimes ask people, you know, when they're at that point, like, is this just an expensive hobby? Mm-hmm. Or do you actually want to make an income that creates a lifestyle where you can contribute and you can have build a flexible life around your family? And they're like, yeah, well, yeah I want that. Um, yeah. And that helps them to get on with things. Yeah, get that fire in the belly again. And yeah, it's that whole, if I build it, they will come mentality. Like I've got the website, I've got the product. <laughs> and you see it on Facebook groups that people say, well, well, I'm just so surprised I launched six weeks ago and I'm not making any sales. I see that too. Yeah. And I like to ask, okay, well, what marketing have you done to drive traffic to your okay. website? Just, yeah, I've yeah. just posted on Instagram or Instagram. Facebook. Yeah. And unfortunately, if people listen to the podcast, they know that it it this isn't an easy business to get into. Like it's not all doom and gloom because, hey, it is booming. and yeah. um. The earning potential is limitless, but yes, boy, does it take some guts and some work and some investment. And would you say, Lisa, like the first 12 to 18 months is really a a test of mindset Yeah. at the same time as trying to scale and build your sales to be consistent? Yeah, it's a really tough time, those first 12 to 18 months. And I work with a lot of women in that space um, because, yeah, it's grit and there's some failures and there's mindset and also messaging. I find that what you thought you may launch your business as two years down the track or even five years, it's either changed or it's evolved and therefore your marketing and how you operate also needs to change and evolve. There's no constant really. Yeah, mine has over the five years. I really initially, I got approached in the playground to help 
some women who had started a business and they were wanting to get into the gifting space. And that was my former background of 10 years with my previous business. And it went from gifting to really focusing on just product base. And then I fell more in love with the wholesaling and even, you know, corporate customized, you know, any, anything of volume and expansion. That's what makes me excited. Someone who can scale their business mm. and, you know, potentially retire their, their husband. Yes. Corporate job. I've got five of those clients, which is quite amazing when, you know, they sit down and have the conversation with their accountant and, you know, it's more viable and, and more, you know, tax efficient if the husband is to join the family business, the company. And yeah, and that's happened quite a few times. And, and it allows them then to mutually share the responsibility of the children of, you know, who's running who to swimming lessons and <laughs> taking Absolutely. them to sport and school. And it also means that they can take their holidays without any issues together. And they're building up a family empire. I do have a lot of clients that have actually spoken about passing their business on to their kids Mm -hmm. and already getting their kids involved who are teenagers with the packing of orders and getting involved. So then they're going to actually be able to have their kids working in a business as well. Yeah, and retire at 50, 60. I love that. I've got a few clients that are bringing their husbands or have brought their husbands into the business and that is that's, for me, that really gets my goosebumps going and tears right. going into my eyes because right. it's like the ultimate in female empowerment as well. Yes, like right. it's like oh, we are turning the tables, baby. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. dad ends up doing like breakfast and lunch packing and packing orders and, and mum is, you know, queen. She's, she's yeah. the CEO. Yeah, and why shouldn't it be that way? I mean, yeah. you're, both, you're both parents, you both got equal parental responsibilities and it doesn't have to be that the a lot of men that ego base that they're you know the thought of them being retired and working I have so many women say my husband would love that that's what Mm -hmm. we are chasing down that's our dream we want to be able to travel so we want to set the business up so that you know we can work remotely but we want to be able to travel with the kids or we want to be able to take holidays together and I guess everything is going back into you know, for, for their lifestyle and to, yeah. support, to support yeah. family lifestyle as well. So, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm with you. It, it's a, you know, a, a sort of a fist pump in the air, a yeah. girl moment when um, someone is able to do that. Yes, yeah. yes, so good. And uh, what a great note to, to end on, female empowerment and killing it in the sales and the business world. Is there anything, any other pro tips or any like messages you want to share before we wrap up? I think, you know, in terms of tips, I think if it's working out initially, if it's viable, it's my biggest thing is to really know your numbers, to really understand and know, to set it up initially, is it viable and profitable from the beginning? And if it isn't, then what can you do to bring down those costs of goods? We're either revisiting your suppliers and negotiating a better price. But, you know, making sure like that you understand your ideal customer, that's another really, really big one. I think pricing and numbers and ideal customer targeting, if you get those things right and in alignment, then the, you know, the world's world's your oyster like you you don't you won't have any resistance you'll have a very successful business yeah I agree 
And where can lovely ladies find out more about you? Oh, well, they can go to my website, which is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-J for jump, cross, C-R-O-S-S dot com. And I'm on Instagram as Sarah J Cross underscore official. Okay, beautiful. I think we need, when this COVID stuff finishes, we need to do some sort of event together because I think we could have a lot of fun. Oh, yes. I think we could bring from both sides. So we can be quite huge, actually. Yeah, Yeah. I I agree. I'm I'm really looking forward to getting back into normality. Um, Yeah. Five lockdowns here in Melbourne over the past 18 months. And it's been incredibly disruptive just when things start to feel like they're getting into sort of a normality and things are opening up and businesses are feeling more confident, we get locked down again. Yeah. So it has been, you know, the past eight months have been very challenging, I think, both mentally and financially for so many of us. It'll be fabulous to be able to be free and normal. I've forgotten what life is, normal life is now. Yeah. And creating those human connections, having some fun with other women, like, gosh, it's so good for your business and for the soul as well. Yeah, absolutely agree. Thanks so much. Thank you, Sarah. I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you loved what you heard, please head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review because it lets me know that what I'm doing is needed and I'll keep on churning out these podcast episodes for you. And it also helps other women get the help that they need. And if you want to work with me, head over to my website, lisaburn.com.au, and that's burn, B-Y-R-N-E. And you can check out the different ways you can work with me, whether it is one-on-one or in my group coaching program, Ecom Grow Strong. And I would love to hear from you. So send me a note and we can book in a time to to chat on the phone and figure out what's going on in your business, what's working and what isn't, and if you need my help. So thank you again, and I will speak to you soon.